When saving lives is what you do, your standards are anything but standard. In fact, you set them higher than most to deliver results that patients can depend on. You refuse to compromise. We couldn't agree more. We are Edwards Life Sciences, and like you, we believe that good is never good enough. Rising to the challenge of today's TAVR patients isn't just a mission, it's a commitment. And because you set a higher standard, we set our sights on meeting you there. Welcome to the higher standard, your standard. Learn more at edwardstaver.com. You're listening to Parallax from Radcliffe Cardiology in association with makeadent.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Parallax. I am Amit Goyal, co-founder of CardioNerds, and I am just so honored to be here as a guest host of Parallax with a very special guest, someone you've all gotten to know extremely well, Dr. Ankur Kelra. This is a discussion like no other. It's an amalgamation of CardioNerds and Parallax, Ankur, the tables have turned. How does it feel to be a guest on your own show? Well, Amit, first off, you know, it's, um, it's great to be with you as, as usual. And um, um, it, it feels nice. Uh, you know, it, it feels um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm elated and I'm smiling, uh, you know, ear to ear. Um, it, it, feels, um, uh, it, it feels as if, you know, Parallax is, is on this pedestal and and the fact that we get to do this, uh, I mean, I, you know, I certainly think, you know, very highly of CardioNerds, uh, as I'm sure all of us do, you know, all of our colleagues and, and, and the platform that you've built is, is just incredible. So, um, you know, when Ratcliffe approached me to approach you at CardioNerds to do this special episode for Parallax, having me as a guest and having uh, the CardioNerds uh, producers as, uh, as guest hosts, as you've called yourself. Um, and, you know, the fact that you agreed to it, you know, it was a win-win and, you know, it, it feels, it, it feels amazing. Uh, by the way, it feels great. And I'm looking forward to, you know, what you have for me. And, you know, for those of us who are, uh, for those of you and for those of us who are listening and tuning in, uh, you know, even though Amit and I are, are close, uh, Amit has not shared any of the questions with me. So this is going to be an impromptu discussion. I'm just putting this out there as a disclaimer. We are going to put you in a hot seat today, Dr. Kalra. And, um, you know, we are just so thrilled to be able to do this collaboration. And when I say we, I'm including Daniel Ambinder, uh, who's my partner in crime and co-founder of CardioNerds. He's unable to join. He was really looking forward to this. But as it uh, as it is, and we'll talk about this uh, duality of all of our lives, he's an intervention fellow and got called in to put in an emergency balloon pump on a patient. So, you know, the patients are always in the center of everything we do. But you know, Dr. Keller, we've often talked about how intimate this vocal medium is, and and through this vocal medium, how you know our wonderful Parallax listeners have gotten to know you in a very special way. But you spend all your time honoring your guests. Uh, that I'd like to use this moment to reintroduce them to you for all of your accomplishments. So, my friends, let me tell you about Dr. Ankur Kalra. Dr. Kalra is an interventional cardiologist and medical director of clinical research for regional cardiovascular medicine at the Cleveland Clinic, assistant professor at the Cleveland Clinic Lerner College of Medicine, adjunct associate professor at the Northeast Ohio Medical University, and director of the Barry J. Marin Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Center in New Delhi, India. 
He is certified in patient safety, healthcare quality, health informatics, and leadership from Harvard Medical School's first one-year safety, quality, informatics, and leadership certification program. He's also currently pursuing a master's of science program in health economics, outcomes, and management in cardiovascular sciences at the London School of Economics and Political Science. Dr. Keller, I didn't know that about you, but uh, it's just, I don't know how you find the time to do everything. <laughs> but you've also presented late-breaking science at national and international scientific cardiovascular meetings, and you've published over 200 scientific manuscripts in peer-reviewed journals. He's authored a poetry book called Ibada. He is known to his countless trainees as a devoted mentor and sponsor. So Dr. Keller, you are so many things, a doctor, a scientist, an author, a poet, mentor, and more. But today, uh, you are our esteemed guest. So welcome to Parallax. <laughs> well, Ahmed, uh, thanks. You know, I, I, I always chuckle when, when you say welcome to Parallax. Uh, it's like uh, you know, the, the tables have turned. Uh, first off, the introduction is is extremely kind, um, and um, you know I I have this dual appointment um, now you know as associate professor both at the Lerner College as well as at at Neomed, uh, and uh, the associate professorship happened when I moved over to the clinic from my pre from my previous appointment. You know that's when Dr. Kapadi and Dr. Nissen had endorsed my application for for a promotion uh, at Case Western. Reserve University, and this was in 2019. I, I got the promotion. Uh, I think last year, around uh, yeah, last year in the summer of 2020. Uh, but you know, thank you so much for the kind introduction. Um, you know, when when you were describing this to me, uh, you know, it felt incredible. If you were to ask me how I did all of this, uh, the answer would be: I, I the the true answer is I do not know. Um, you know, perhaps I have attention deficit disorder and, you know, I, I just um, um, get enticed by many things that, that life has to offer. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you the one thing I can tell you, um, you know, systematically in all of these uh, accomplishments, you know, and, and, you know, if you've heard me say this um, several times that, you know, we're not our accomplishments and we're not our failures. We're just, you know, fellow colleagues and physicians and human beings. And we're just trying to, you know, make through this life and, and make the best of every opportunity that life bestows upon us. And that's how I like to approach, you know, occurrences in my life. Um, but, you know, what I truly, truly value. So what I was going to say was that the, the one thing that I can say for sure in having, um, you know, achieved all these various milestones is that I, I have, I, when I take upon a task, I, I want to give it a hundred percent and I, I want to give it a hundred percent from, from the core of my existence. Uh, and I, I, and I want to be true to it and I want to be authentic, uh, you know, whether it's a relationship, um, whether it's, uh, you know, a project, whether it's, you know, taking care of patients or, uh, you know, when I, when I, I, I would like to believe, or, you know, I would like to be known for the following. And that is that if I say yes to something, I'm, I'm all in that there's, there's not a part of me, which is not convinced that I would not do this. Um, so, you know, may, maybe that's the secret sauce. And, you know, I, I don't consider myself as hugely accomplished. I, I'm, I'm early career faculty and, uh, I have 
um, a lot to still learn and, and finesse, uh, you know, interventional cardiology is, is very complex and, um, I fail, I fail in the cat lab and I learn from my failures and I have a long way to go. And that's how, that's my current state of mind is that I have a long way to go. Oh, well, you know, as an early career faculty, you have accomplished so much. And I think your this combination of ambition, authenticity, and humility is, uh, is certainly a combination I would aspire to. And, you know, coming back to your role with Parallax, uh, you know, I may be biased, but I've come to think of podcasting as an art form. You know, you as a creator, as a designer, um, have so much creative decision-making, you're curating content, you're inviting your guests, you're deciding what to ask them. So we'd like to celebrate Parallax as a product of your vision, Dr. Kalra, as a reflection of who you are. And to that end, we have several windows into your thoughts and background and values and reflections. You've written some extraordinary perspective pieces in peer-reviewed journals, and they each provide a different perspective on who you are, kind of like a Parallax, if you will. So in today's game show, We'll bring up different pieces that you've written and ask you what they've meant for you and how it's informed your vision and creation of Parallax. So the first question is, Dr. Kalra, are you game? Yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, you know, I, I, I do not know what you have um, up your sleeve for me, Amit, but, you know, I'm, I'm game and I'm looking forward to this. Well, I, I'd like to start with a piece you wrote that um, really resonates with me and several of our, um, you know, our, our members within the Cardiners family is um, titled Perseverance versus Pedigree. Ankur Kalra, a foreign medical graduate, discusses how determination and perseverance became pedigree in his quest for a successful academic cardiology career in America. Determination was the ingredient to success. And this was published in the European Heart Journal in June 2017. And you've also given a remarkable grand rounds on this. I was fortunate to attend part of that. Um, and, you know, you, it's something about the way it's written and the content, the flow, it's clearly very personal. You know, you pour your heart out in, in describing your path and your journey. And, um, you know, the, the twists and turns that got you to where you are today, you, obviously you, you were born and you grew up in India and, you accelerated uh, during your training and studying over there. You attended the All India Institute of Medicine Sciences, a really a phenomenal, highly competitive program to get into. And you must have been torn when you decided to kind of leave that trajectory and come to America, but you describe how you were following a dream you've had from a very early time to get training in the United States. But you know something about that transition was maybe maybe as a surprise, maybe not as a surprise, but you described about how it was overwhelming, but still you persevered and you know just through grit and determination, you you know you did very well. And you end off the piece by saying that you know with regards to uh, getting your interventional training at uh, Beth Israel Deaconess, and you wrote, I graduated with an Ivy League diploma, but what I learned outside the catheterization laboratory was priceless. That cultivating a true pedigree is a labor of love that eventually gets its due. That, you know, so much of what matters um, comes from within, not from outside. So, uh, Dr. Keller, again, this piece is just is so powerful and it resonates so much with so many people out there. Um, I'd like to ask, you know, what does this mean to you in retrospect? You wrote this a number of years ago. 
And, and what advice do you have for our international medical graduate trainees? Yeah, so, you know, uh, thanks for bringing this, uh, this up, Amit. This is, uh, you know, like you said, uh, an extremely personal piece and something that I uh, wanted to write after I had, uh, you know, sort of checked the box um, for Ivy League diploma um, in my bucket list. Um, and, you know, I, I still have um, quite a few checkboxes in, in, in my, my, my bucket list. And, um, you know, as I keep, uh, you know, growing and, and learning more, uh, you know, more about myself and more about my flaws and more about my own inherent biases, um, the, the one message that I want to share with, you know, I, you know, foreign graduates, yeah, for sure, because, you know, I'm one of them and I, I resonate with, with these struggles uh, of for foreign medical graduates. But, you know, I think, I think all of us in, in general is that, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it's important to, uh, to question our, our biases and beliefs. Um, and it's um, question them because, um, and, and be extremely open-minded. Um, and, and the reason I say that is um, that a lot of these inherent biases and, and beliefs that we have about, you know, ourselves or, you know, I'm just going to give an example, you know, for, for example, maybe institutions um, is, is just how we perceived them to be or how they were marketed to us. And, um, you know, my, my uh, I think one of my, my teachers, uh, you know, back in India, you know, told me that, uh, that intelligence, uh, follows the, um, the, the Gaussian principle. And, and the Gaussian principle is that, uh, you know, intelligence is distributed across the planet in, in the form of normal distribution. Um, so intelligence is not concentrated in, you know, the, uh, the ivory towers, for example, in, in the U S uh, you know, I'm by no may, by no means I'm demeaning them. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to, to be in, in one of those institutions and I have a, uh, a lot of respect for uh, Harvard Medical School and Bethesville Deaconess Medical Center, you know, incredibly smart colleagues who I look up to. So by no means I'm demeaning uh, the Ivory Tower. That's not the intent of, of this message. The intent of the message is that, uh, you know, and this was, this is learning for me. And that, that learning for me was that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, how good of a, physician I am or how good of a clinical investigator I am a lot of it depends on who I am a lot of a lot of that outcome you know depends on how much I am willing to put in uh, to get a task accomplished um, and, and you know I, and because of my spiritual teachings and and you know I read the Bhagavad Gita and I want to follow the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita and uh, what I was going to, the reason I bring Bhagavad Gita up is that, uh, yes, I want to do action, but at the same time, I also want to be detached from the results of the action, which is the central tenet of the Gita. Because the, the Gita teaches you that you're only entitled to your action. You are not entitled to the results of your action. And what the results of your action are, are going to be is, is none of your business, should not be any of your business. 
So it, it teaches us detachment, um, which is extremely, extremely hard to practice because, you know, whenever you take up an action, for example, you know, putting together cardio nerds or putting together parallax, right? It's, it's in our nature, it's in our inherent nature that we want to put out content that people should like. You know, that's the inherent nature of why you want to do, uh, for example, a, a meaningful episode of Cardio Nerds or a meaningful episode of Parallax. Uh, and, you know, more than that, I mean, I think more than just like, you know, you really want to, to touch lives, you want to inspire lives, you want to educate, you want to disseminate good knowledge, good information. And, uh, you know, the intention is is noble. But how that final product is going to be perceived and whether it's going to be liked or not liked or whether it, it'll become popular or or become unpopular or, or whether it will reach the number of people you thought it should reach or it may reach, you know, should not be any of your business. And, and that is something which is extremely, extremely hard to, to imbibe. Um, so, you know, getting back to the message of perseverance versus pedigree, is that yes, it, it's great to check these boxes off and go to these incredible institutions. But at the end of the day, um, what you will end up doing in your life, the vast majority of it actually really depends on who you are and how much you put in and how much you seek opportunity in circumstances that life throws at you. Um, it's like the, mountaine the, the mountaineering analogy. And that analogy is that uh, the mountain will not change its direction or its its terrain based on the skill of the mountaineer. Uh, it's the other way around. Uh, you know, the mountaineer has to be in the moment and has to, um, you know, think on the fly and change the direction or the trajectory of each step based on how the terrain is. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's an overarching message. It's, it's, again, extremely hard to practice. It's something that I want to inculcate in my own life on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, uh, and and I, I can tell you, you know, having practiced this is, is extremely hard. You know, when you have obstacles and when you have painful moments in personal and professional life, um, and I've, I've been through several painful points in my life, you know, both personally and professionally. I can tell you that it's ex when you are in that painful moment, it's extremely hard. It's heartbreaking. Um, it, it, it challenges you and it, it shakes you to the core um, when you are going through that experience. But, you know, if you have this mountaineer um, you know, mindset, or if you have this Bhagavad Gita mindset, or if you have the perseverance versus pedigree mindset, I, I think it can help you navigate these challenges. And I think life in general, um, in a more balanced fashion, uh, you know, that's what I think. I, 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 I don't know if that answered your question, Amit, but I, I just tried to be as authentic and honest as I could be. No, absolutely, Dr. Kalra. And, you know, we invited you to speak to our Cardiners Academy fellows uh, just about your journey and your story. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was an incredibly intimate moment where we had all of these trainees that were able to just ask you whatever uh, was on their mind. Um, and, you know, conversation, we, we ended up debriefing for like an hour after you left. And it was just so apparent how touched and inspired they were by your path. 
Now, you know, your journey says a lot about your grit and perseverance and brilliance, but, you know, it, there's also a recurrent theme of how, how people have impacted you in various ways. Right? We're all benefited. Um, we all benefit from countless mentors and sponsors, you know, and, 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 and they may be senior to us or even junior to us. You know, we get inspiration from different angles. Um, so I'd like to um, ask you what mentorship means to you and, and how that's informed your planning for Parallax. It, it really does seem to be a recurring theme across several phenomenal discussions that you've had. You know, if you just look at the list of episodes and you search mentorship, you've got, you know, with Dr. Shrihari Naidu, uh, Dr. Neil Kleiman, Dr. Uh, Laura Maori, Dr. Mikos, and, uh, and Danielle Bellardo, Marty Leon, Mandeep Mera, uh, I can, and I can, go, I can go on. So it seems like mentorship has really been something central to how you've designed Parallax and it's guided the discussions you've had. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely, Amit. So mentorship is um, is extremely important to me. Um, I think in part because I've always sought out mentors. Uh, I, I think of I've I've always wanted I've always gravitated toward my mentors, um, and um, I've always been on the lookout or on the search for for a mentor. Um, and I think that I you know regardless of you know, being in cardiology or cardiovascular medicine or interventional cardiology or, uh, you know, medicine or being in other fields or, you know, life in general. I have come to realize that you, I think one really benefits, it's like having uh, a personal trainer. Um, you know, I'm just giving the analogy of working out at the gym and the, the, the reason you should have a personal trainer is is um, is because that is you know in my own experience and you know obviously I'm I'm talking from my experiences here is that a personal trainer continues to challenge you and and sees sees where you've stagnated and where you need to up the game um, so that you continue to refine yourself and continue to you know seek excellence identify your blind spots um, and be aware of them. And more than your um, strengths, I think it is extremely important to know about your weaknesses. And I think um, true, true mentorship does that for, for mentees, um, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I've been extremely fortunate uh, to have some incredible mentors in my life. Uh, and, you know, at the current, current institution, for example, at the Cleveland Clinic, it's, it's Dr. Samir Kapadia. And, um, you know, I look up to him, uh, you know, obviously I, I'll never be a Samir Kapadia. Um, but, you know, I look up to him, um, for obviously for his, his skill and his intellect and, um, you know, how he has achieved so much being a foreign graduate himself. You know, I think he's, he's broken a major glass ceiling, you know, in my eyes. Um, and, um, you know, he's, he's someone who, uh, you know, I will approach if, if I'm in trouble. Um, and, 
you know, hope that, you know, he would find the answers for me, which, you know, may or may not be the answers that I'm looking for, but in the long run will be good answers for me, you know, for my career. And, and you know, I think that's, that's what, um, that's what the job of a mentor is, uh, Outside of outside of the clinic, and you know, ever since I've been at Bethesville Deaconess, and and from twenty, I should say probably twenty fifteen until now, and I've I've had the incredible fortune of authoring several several manuscripts with him, is is Dr. Deepak Bhatt. Um, you know, I'm I'm very close to him. Um, he has um, been again an incredible source of source of inspiration. Uh, someone who's always available, um, you know, for a, for a conversation, uh, and is willing to, you know, spend time having the hot conversation, and has, you know, Doctor Butt, I I'm, I have the the highest amount of respect for you, so please don't take this otherwise. Um, but it, but has actually even scolded me on on emails, uh, and I've I've listened to him um, because he's you know, scolded me for the valid reasons and for the greater good. Um, so, you know, those are the kinds of people you need, uh, cause you know, it's, it's very, it's very hard to find people who will be genuinely interested in your career, right? Uh, either people will not care or they'll be superficial because, you know, it's, it, it takes a lot of effort to have the hot conversation. Um, it takes a great deal of you know, strength and, and honesty. And uh, I think if someone is taking the time to sit down with you and have that hot conversation with you, um, I, I would also actually bring up uh, Dr. David Hedrick here, who's uh, my my partner at uh, Cleveland Clinic Akron General. He's the uh, the director of interventional cardiovascular programs at Akron and, um, you know, is someone who has uh, time and again, you know, pulled me on the side and has had the tough conversation with me. You know, because, you know, look, I'm, I'm still early career. So, you know, people like, uh, you know, Dave Hedrick and, and Deepak Bhatt and, and Samir Kapadia uh, and, you know, uh, you know, from the structural heart training, you know, Neil Kleiman and, and Mike Reardon. I mean, these are the people who I would go to if I'm in trouble and if I'm looking for answers and if I'm fumbling, um, if I'm having, you know, bad days. And, you know, all of us will. Uh, all of us will. And it's important to recognize that. And it's, and it's important to be honest about it. And it's important to know who to approach. Um, because, you know, like I said, either people will not care or they'll be superficial, but only the ones who are truly, truly invested in your success will actually tell you what the truth is. And, and that's what you should be honest enough to be seeking. So mentorship is crucial. I mean, mentorship is, is, is crucial in, in, like I said, all aspects of life, but, you know, in, in medicine. And the other thing which, you know, I, I think is important is that you should not burden a particular individual with the burden of mentorship or everything that life has to throw at you, right? That That's extremely important too. So, um, you know, I've... I've I've mentors for, you know, different, different problems. Um, and, um, you know, I think mentors sort of know that and appreciate that as well, you know, cause you know, each one of us has our own strengths and weaknesses. So I think tap into strengths of, 
different mentors um, and sort of form your, you know, mentor team, as I call it. Um, and, um, you know, seek out their opinion, seek out their headspace. And, um, you know, just also, you know, let them know that. I, I think, um, like, you know, they, they would truly cherish that in my opinion and they would truly value that. And I'm sort of fairly vocal about it. Like I've, I've tweeted out multiple times how mentors have, have shaped my career and have helped me identify my weaknesses, my blind spots and where I'm fumbling. Um, so I think letting them know how much they mean to you is also extremely important. I, I hope that answers your mentorship question on it. Thanks, Dr. Kalara. And, you know, I think having support from effective mentors and sponsors is so important. But like you said, it's not just support. You know, we all can use a healthy dose of tough love uh, here and there. Um, and I, I, I wish for everyone to be able to find mentors like Dr. Kapadi and Dr. Bhatt. Um, you know, and, and I also wish for everyone to be in a fortunate position to be able to provide mentorship and pay it forward. I think that's a very lucky place to be um, and a privileged place to be. But, you know, not all mentors are created equal. And speaking of mentorship, I'm reminded of uh, a piece that you called, um, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this right. You'll have to correct me. Schadenfreude. Does the desire to succeed at all costs result in a detriment to the individual soul? And this was published in the European Heart Journal in uh, December 2019. And, you know, this term Schadenfreude refers to the emotion of, of deriving joy in the misfortune of others. You know, you talk about envy and jealousy and how maybe a mentor might tell their junior colleagues and their mentees um, the following. Listen, the moment you transition from being a trainee to faculty, you are perceived as competition and everyone wants you to fail. You know, I can just imagine, you know, the, the, the emotional trauma, you know, that people may have if, if that's that morphs into their world view. Um, you know, so Medicine is a competitive field, and, and writing this, you answer three questions, and I encourage everyone to read this. Um, one was, who is it that we're competing with? Um, two was, how much perceived success is enough success to satiate us? And that's a question I ask of myself all the time. And three is, what is the intention or purpose of the sense of schadenfreude? Like, does it have a benefit? So, uh, you know, this came out in December 2019. How does that concept play into your perception of um, you know, of things as, as you've evolved. And, and specifically what I want to ask you is um, what's the balance, the right balance between, um, you know, ambition, the strive to succeed versus a person's vulnerability to burnout. Um, you know, and you've had, I'm thinking about a series of conversations you had at Parallax on burnout and resilience with Dr. Kavita Chinayan, um, you know, with competition, individualism, mindfulness, ego, practice and self-care to avoid burnout. I think this is um, something we all must grapple with at some point uh, as we grow and advance in our careers. Yes, Amit. And, and it's something that I grapple with even now, um, you know, and particularly with interventional cardiology and, and clinical research, which, um, you know, I'm definitely heavily involved in. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, look, the, 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 the honest answer is that it's tough and it's going to be different for each one of us. And we have to be mindful enough and have an inner barometer where we know when to stop 
um, and you know it can be extremely hard. Um, you know the the one barometer is uh, you know at least for me is you know when you start getting impatient with long cases. I think that's never a good sign, um, and you know that's when you sort of have to you know take a step back and, and stop and really ask yourself why that is happening. And, you know, usually you, if you're honest enough with yourself and if you have the strength to look in the mirror and ask yourself why that is, you'll find the answer. Cause you know, we, each, each one of us like truly knows, or if, if we haven't found ourselves, I mean, look, finding, finding yourself is, is a lifelong journey, I believe. But, I, but I think, uh, what mindfulness does is that it forces you to encounter yourself on a day-to-day basis and keep asking yourself this question of who you are and you know what is your i'm going to use a use a hindi slash gita word here is like what is your inherent dharma and you know maybe you you know what the meaning of dharma is uh it, it rhymes with karma you know karma is action and you know dharma is the inherent nature of your soul uh, that you're born with. Um, and if your karma, which is action, is not aligned with the inherent nature of your soul that you're born with, which is which is what dharma is, there's going to be friction. And you know, it is my own belief system, or you can call it a faith system, that you know, life will keep throwing the circumstances at you till your karma aligns with your dharma. I think that's what ends up happening to each one of us. And that's, that's, that's the journey of our life. Um, but you know, in order for us to, to recognize that, right? Like in order for us to, to read the signs from the universe, we have to be in tune with ourselves. We have to be in tune with our true inner self. And, and that requires, um, you know, a lot of inner work, in, in my opinion, it requires a certain degree of solitude, uh, you know, each day uh, is like um, calling it like the white zone, you know, where there, there are no notifications, you're not answering any pages, you're not on the email, you're not listening to a lecture or a podcast, you're not reading a newspaper, you're not reading a journal article, you're just sitting with yourself. Um, and, you know, I think that me time or the white zone or solitude is extremely important because uh, that's when you reflect and that that's when, you know, your inner voice uh, can come out and, and talk to you, which I think is extremely important. And I think is extremely relevant. Um, coming back to schadenfreude and you pronounce it absolutely wonderfully. Um, schadenfreude unfortunately exists and, and, and I have experienced it in my professional life. Um, it's a very uncomfortable situation, uh, to experience. It's an, it's an uncomfortable emotion to experience. And, you know, when the, when the piece came out, it, it sort of drew a lot of traction. Uh, th- this was back in 2019 in December, it drew a lot of traction, uh, you know, on Twitter and, uh, you know, for a cardiopulse piece, uh, even the editors wrote me an email saying that it, the, the altmetric score was unusually high for a cardiopulse piece. Uh, for them, for it to have achieved, uh, you know, that, that 
that kind of an altmetric score. And um, the then editor in chief for that section, who's now, a ret- you know, he 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 stepped down, and there is a new uh, team. But I remember him like in, in his last sort of uh, piece for the section. He he specifically mentioned this article. You know that this was one of his highlights as the editor for the section, and that it was you know, vastly downloaded and also shared, uh, you know, with, with colleagues, you know, even outside of cardiovascular medicine, which is very special to me. So it, it sort of, uh, and I'm, I'm sharing this with you, Ahmed, because I'm, I'm not trying to brag about how great of a piece this is. You know, what I'm trying to get at is that the piece somehow resonated with so many, right. That it was, you know, shared widely and, and downloaded, uh, which tells you that you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of schadenfreude in, in, in medicine, which is sad. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're here for, we should be at least, you know, here for each other and to take care of each other as we take care of our patients. Um, you know, look, what we do is very taxing to begin with. And if on top of that, you have to worry about an emotion like schadenfreude, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, um, and, you know, I've unfortunately experienced it and, um, you know, just by the, the response that the piece garnered online and on Twitter, uh, you know, unfortunately a lot of our colleagues experience it. And, you know, if you and I can be, or maybe if this episode or if cardio nerds or if parallax, if all of us can be the medium or the media to sort of change this for, for the better, you know, that'll be fantastic. That'll be great because, you know, being on the, uh, receiving end is not fun. I can tell you that for a fact. Thanks, Dr. Kalra. You've, uh, covered so much here in this last bit. Um, you know, with regards to schadenfreude, it's, um, it's, it's part of how we've structured this hierarchy of medicine, you know, the promotional tracks and how, you know, we were, were groomed to think about promotion and advancement in a career. And I do hope that, uh, that, you know, we take away something else from, um, from how we interact with our colleagues. And it's actually one of the reasons I'm attracted to the free open access medical education space, the social media space, because it's a vast enough space that, um, that allows opportunity for everyone to grow. And it encourages people to sponsor one another and give one another visibility. But, you know, in uh, the grand rounds that you delivered uh, in discussing your perseverance versus pedigree uh, talk, uh, you gave people several takeaways. And there were a couple of takeaways that I think are very relevant here. One was uh, be kind always. And parenthetically, it's it's about you, not them. And uh, another one was give more than you can take. And I think that speaks a lot to karma. So with regards to, I think, how we interact with our colleagues, um, you know, people, you know, they've they've got this great sense of um, what, you know, what your intentions are. And and the more good uh, you put out there, the more well you wish of others, I think, um, I think uh, that comes back around in uh, many folds. So I think that's really important. Um, You know, with regards to uh, we'll, we'll talk about mindfulness and spirituality, and we'll talk about, I want to go back to dharma also, because that's such an important concept. But with regards to burnout, yeah, there's a reason that we did this. You know, we, we've 
gone through, you know, decade plus worth of training. We take time away from ourselves, our family, um, you know, to be in the hospital. The reason is so clear. The patient is always at the center of everything we do. And it's very easy to get distracted with the minutia of the day-to-day. But if we keep going back to the patient, I think it's effective for, um, you know, staving off burnout, right? Keeping the primary goal at the center of our mind. And and so this takes me back to um, a recent piece that came out, Heart, Mind, and Soul, Spirituality and Cardiovascular Medicine. And this was published in the European Heart Journal 2021. Um, and, and it's about, you know, how cardiovascular disease puts things into perspective for our patients. You know, you're right that it refocuses attention on the meaning of life, purpose, and relationship to self, family, community, and whatever is held sacred for our patients. Um, you know, and you talk about spirituality. Spirituality and religious beliefs tend to shape cultural and moral beliefs, perception of health and disease, lifestyle, and daily habits. How, you know, this notion of um, being spiritual and, and having spiritual practices may have meaningful roles for our patients with, with chronic cardiovascular illness. And in the paper, you even define some possible physiological mechanisms whereby spirituality could potentially affect bodily functions like affecting the autonomic nervous system, central nervous system, endocrine, immune mm-hmm. systems. Um, and, and you ended the paper saying that essentially spiritual exercises may potentially have a positive benefit on cardiovascular disease outcomes. So Dr. Kalra, you, you know, I think it's just very apparent, even in our conversation right now, you strike me as a very spiritual person yourself. It seems to guide how you interact with the world around you and the decisions you make. How does this influence your approach with your patients? And, and, you know, especially as an interventional cardiologist, I imagine you see them at their most vulnerable times. Yes, uh, I do. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, the, it, it affects, it affects me. It affects uh, how I practice medicine. Um, it affects my interaction with patients um, and, you know, their families. Um, I'm um, unusually soft-spoken in the cath lab is what I've been told by, by the cath lab staff that, you know, work with me um, uh, to the point that at times that they get, they get annoyed uh, and, you know, they want me to speak up. <laughs> but um you know I, I i'm so i'm i'm definitely i'm quite i'm i'm a quiet person at work um and i think if you uh, practice uh, spirituality over the course of 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 you know of years um you sort of start taking the journey um you know inward um so you know i'm going to snatch a a coat, you know, I'm a coats person. So I'm going to snatch a quote from Ariana Huffington in which, uh, you know, she says that in 2021 and, and moving forward, it should be, it should not only be onwards and upwards, it should be onwards, upwards, and inwards. Um, because, you know, inwards is where you find uh, yourself and inwards is where you actually really find the universe. And if you read uh, ancient wisdom, you know, or the ancient sacred texts in Hinduism or Buddhism, um, you know, that's, that, that was the central tenet of, of the lives of our ancestors. And that was to the journey inward, um, you know, and the, 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 and you know, what they, and there, here, here's another quote, right? Like, you know, what they used to say was that the goal 
of a life is is to find uh, your purpose and the is is actually to to find your gift to 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 find your gift is the goal of your life and the purpose of your life is to give that gift away um because um you know in i'm probably gonna i don't know if you understand hindi amit but uh, you know the one of the central teachings of buddhism is is sab nashvar hai it's this is this is in hindi it's it, and it it goes like sab nashvar hai what that means is is that everything um you know everything comes to an end um that's that's the universal truth um you know whether it's uh, the life of a star or you know whether it's the life of a human being everything comes to an end so if you can garner that that purpose of finding your gift and giving it away you've essentially lived a, a fulfilled life in again in my opinion um and you know as per the the teachings of the ancient sacred texts so i i sort of carry that with me to the cat lab sort of helping patients to see the the bigger picture um you know the overarching uh theme and and mission of of their lives and you know their their families and you know it's it it has been amazing for me as to how much patients have sort of resonated with with these conversations uh you know particularly you know family members of of the ones whom i've lost uh, have have really really resonated with with these conversations um actually some of them reach out to me on on twitter dm you know direct messaging to sort of ask these spiritual questions and and seek answers and you know when i am I'm, i i when i'm able uh you know i definitely respond to every one of them uh it may not be as prompt as i'd like it to be but i do respond to them whenever i can get to them but you know this definitely for me prevents burnout right because it's for me it's more than just delivering evidence based cardiovascular medicine and performing you know high risk interventional procedures it's really about touching them spiritually also which gives me a lot of meaning it it does i'm i mean i'm i i mean burnout it you know i've never burnout has never occurred to me at all at work and i think this is one of the reasons why i i think also personally for me uh, and this is going back to the bhagavad gita and to to mindfulness and to karma and detachment uh, you know when you have an adverse outcome in the cat lab um you look i'm i'm not saying that losing a patient is 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 fun right it it befuddles me it it consumes me it just um it 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 annihilates my soul you know even as a a conscious practitioner of spirituality it still makes me go through those emotions um but you know i i think i'm a, i i'm ho- and you know i i hope i'm i'm able to balance these emotions although some of my colleagues may may disagree with me and you know including my wife may disagree with me because i am an emotional person but um you know i i think you can sort of come to terms with uh, the failures and the and the losses in the cat lab um based on the the theory of detachment that you know 
you are on you are only entitled to your actions and you're not entitled to the results of your actions so even though some actions are going to garner you you know success and and praise and applause the same set of actions can also garner you disappointment and um and failure um so as long as you can not identify yourself as the doer which is what the gita teaches us uh you know that has a very deep spiritual meaning and um you know may, you just carry forward keep doing your karma yoga which is the sheer act of doing action and and remaining detached to the results and that sort of keeps you balanced it keeps you grounded it keeps you in terms with reality it does not let success get into your head it does not let failure get into your head um it you you sort of like at that place of equanimity uh, which is is uh, i can tell you is extremely hard because you know you're still human i mean i'm as human as i as anyone can be you ask my wife and she'll tell she'll tell you how, how emotional i am um and so you know but it's it's that it's that continual exercise of refinement right you, you want to keep refining your inner work so that one day you can be as equanimous as you may be words of wisdom dr kalra and i'll i'll certainly hang on to these as i begin my own interventional training in a short few weeks you, you know you also spoke beautifully about that patient doctor relationship and how, even just how you counsel patients in the health design podcast with dr moyes shiva i think you know as physicians the ability to take care of our patients is our most sacred duty and you know that patient doctor relationship one of our most prized of relationships your connection with your patients clearly has had a major influence on parallax you've hosted several patients with incredible stories to tell with a primary provider audience why is this so important you know we've done similarly on cardio nerds but um you know you've you've hosted dr ellen gregosian you've hosted um lindsay davis why is it so important for our colleagues to hear it directly from our patients um i this may sound cliched and you, you know it, it's it's patients first right <laughs> it's um the the motto of uh, our institution that we work for um and you know this is you know um you know clearly um in not being sponsored by the cleveland clinic or um you know and 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 the views that we've shared are are our own you know just as a disclaimer not not of our employer um but it is i mean look you know we are because of our patients you know we uh, go to work every day because of our patients and um we became physicians to take care of our patients and you know and and that's it like you know it's patients first it's just as 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 simply as i can put it um so i i think it's important to to you know i'm trying to remember the correct citation of this this manuscript but i i do remember citing it for one of the articles that i'd written um and this was an original paper from some of the work we did with the american college of cardiology in india through the pinnacle india quality improvement project in which like every physician patient interaction is interrupted by the physician like 8 or 10 times within a minute so you know like you know the way um you know healthcare is being delivered like you know patients feel that they're not being listened to 
Um, and that's extremely important. Like it's extremely important to, to listen to your patient. Um, um, you know, and yeah, you, you probably would have seen, uh, several patients, you know, over at Cleveland Clinic main campus, you know, with, you know, quote unquote, being labeled as the anxious patient or the, the difficult patient or the patient who wants multiple answers or the patient who has difficult questions, you know, patients, um, keep seeking providers because they haven't been listened to is what they feel. And, you know, the, the, the only thing that patients truly want is for the physicians to, uh, for the physicians to listen to them. Um, so, you know, I felt that if, you know, uh, if parallax has become what it has become, then, uh, you know, I, I sort of, I, I felt it more than a calling, you know, I, I thought it was just a moral obligation to also be, um, a stage for patients to come and share their stories. Cause you know, that's going to be really powerful to, to listen as a healthcare provider. And that's why I, you know, we started the, the patient episode series in 2021. I couldn't agree more, Dr. Kalra. The discussions that we've had on cardio nerds with patients and their families are the ones that um, I am uh, the most proud of. And the ones I honestly, I've, I've learned so much from, and it's, it's even influenced my patient approach um, in my real life patient care, because it's amazing how much you learn from them. Uh, you just have to sit down and listen, you know, and that's it. Um, you learn about them, their stories. It might inspire you in ways that you you can't imagine. Um, but but also, you know, you learn about them in a way that really can't influence your medical approach, right? You just, um, it, it, there's a lot of depth in that conversation. So I, I appreciate that, um, that you've brought a lot of that into Parallax. We certainly have a duty to our patients. And speaking of duty and purpose, I'd like to turn to another just absolutely profound perspective you wrote with Dr. Kavita Chinayan and Dr. Aaron Mikos, COVID-19 and the healthcare worker, lessons from the Bhagavad Gita from India during these difficult times. And this goes back to the concept of dharma that you were talking about. This perspective was uh, published in the European Heart Journal in 2020 in the depths of the COVID pandemic. Um, and, and this is when you really introduce our reader to that age-old notion of dharma, which in the article you defined, similar to how you defined here, the inherent order of reality that is nurtured by right uh, thought and action. And you contextualize the healthcare workers' conflict during the COVID pandemic, that conflict of that sense of duty and service to our patients, um, which sometimes was at odds with their a uh, sense of personal well-being as they were sacrificing their own safety and the safety of their families. In the paper, you reinforced our commitment to our patients despite this conflict. And then you introduced another conflict that you know is, is very much real in the healthcare system today, that of the financial interests and maybe the realities of the systems in which we practice versus the welfare of our patients, which sometimes are synergistic but can often be at odds. Um, and the need to realign our commitment to our patients from a systems perspective back with dharma and, and get ready for this next battle ahead. So again, this is just so beautifully written. And, um, you know, I wonder how, how does this concept of dharma, um, you know, influence your 
um, your your approach and your decision making and how you live your life as a doctor, a scientist, a mentor in, in these various capacities? Yes. Yeah, so this is a great question, Amit. I don't think I've ever been asked the question about Dharma in such fashion. So I, I applaud you for your creativity and in putting this question together. Um, and this is a question that I, I ask myself, you know, almost every day. It's, it could be a tough question to ask um, yourself because, you know, like as, as I alluded to even before, a lot of our lives are just about self-discovery, right? You know, who we truly are. And, um, I, and, you know, like I said, you know, life will throw circumstances at you and opportunities at you and also obstacles at you uh, so that you can um, find the path that is truly inherent to your purpose. Um, and you have to be smart enough to sort of pick up on the cues because like nobody's going to come in the form of Krishna, right? And, and, and recite you the Bhagavad Gita. I mean, I wish that was true, <laughs> but you know, if we are all Arjunas, which is which, which is how we perceive each one of us. Um, then our, our Krishna is, is who we find within us. And the only paths to finding, you know, our Krishna, uh, and, and, you know, for the non-Hindu, non-Buddhist, non-spiritual audience or listenership, it's just the inner purposes. And, and when I'm referring to Krishna, it's the inner God. Uh, it's the inner superhero. It's the inner purpose. Uh, and that, that requires a lot of inner work, spiritual work. And, you know, some of the answers that you may find may be the answers that you do not like, um, but you have to be honest enough and bold enough to sort of listen to the inner voice. Um, so, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example, you know, like um, if, you know, for example, you know, like the, the conflict and it should, shouldn't really be, I mean, look, patient, patients come first and, you know, uh, I really enjoy doing procedures, but, uh, and this is an extremely personal example, right? It's also coming from the honest space of vulnerability, which I, I think is, is important to share because, you know, we, we want this conversation to be authentic. And that is that, you know, in, in the long term, is my dharma, uh, as a proceduralist or is my dharma as uh, a, an author and a writer, right? And it's a question that I, I grapple with on a daily basis. Um, now, that does not mean that I do not enjoy interventional cardiology. You know, I really enjoy it. I mean, there's a reason why I pursued that training for uh, an additional couple of years after general cardiology fellowship. Um, but, you know, I do, I, I truly enjoy writing too. And, you know, and, you know, and, and there's a lot of purpose in, I, I find a lot of purpose in writing and, you know, I'm sure that I hope I, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but I hope that that comes across in, in the writings that I've done, you know, whether it's in the form of uh, a poetry book on loss and heartbreak, and I wanted to give that spiritual meaning also, or whether it's all these perspectives that I've written. So I think as each one of us, uh, you know, evolves and, and grows and, and self-discovers, you know, these questions are bound to come up and, you know, life will throw obstacles as well as opportunities to, to sort of align your dharma with your karma. You know, for example, parallax as a, as a medium for, uh, you know, public speaking and, and dissemination of wisdom is a, within cardiovascular medicine, 
it, I feel is a, is a true calling and, you know, sharing inspirational journey of, of my seniors and peers and colleagues, uh, you know, similarly, uh, you know, taking up research endeavors in the region for the Cleveland Clinic um, and doing, uh, you know, studies from, you know, administrative databases to answers uh, to answer questions and even writing these perspective pieces, you know, so um, I, I feel that this is truly a calling and is aligned with my dharma. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, you have 24 hours and you can't do everything. Um, is, is, is what I think is absolutely true. And, and you, and each, each thing, each thing you've done well, you know, takes time and you, you need time to hone on your skills also. Um, so, you know, I, I think these are the kinds of conversations I have with myself and, you know, I, I don't know if this was being too vulnerable to share it here with you or with the audience, but, you know, again, I'm just being completely transparent and honest. Absolutely, Dr. Kalra. And, um, you know, and talking about Parallax as a calling, how it's a podium for sharing wisdom and, and voice uh, from yourself and your colleagues, your mentors and your um, your mentees, you know, the, much in the same way how I feel about Cardinards, you know, with Parallax, you, you are the artist and Parallax is your canvas. It's a reflection of uh, who you are and it's what you put out into the world. And so my, my final question for you is in creating this masterpiece, what do you hope it means to your audience and, and what is your goal as its creator for its future? Yeah, why? That, that's a, a great question. Uh, I hope it's a masterpiece. I, I don't know if it is one, but... <laughs> uh, I, again, you know, uh, you know, I, I just, um, 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 I just contra contradicted myself when I, when I said that, I hope it's a masterpiece that should not be any of my business, right? Like that's what the Gita teaches you. Um, you're, you're just doing that action so that, um, you know, it's, it's for the passion that you do the action and then the results you leave to, to the destiny of the product. Um, but, you know, for, for Parallax, um, you know, definitely uh, aspirations and hope um, is for it to touch as many lives of the, uh, you know, cardiovascular healthcare professional and provider, uh, you know, as it can. Um, I have derived a lot of meaning and inspiration from all these conversations myself. And when I'm asking or posing questions to my guests, I'm asking or posing questions as the representative of the, the listener. So I'm the listener myself when I'm asking these questions. I just have the uh, great fortune and the opportunity to be the host and be the voice. But the intention is to be the representation of the average listener, um, You know, which I'm incredibly grateful that Parallax is now downloaded in over 50 countries and uh, you know we've we've i've gotten comments from as far as zimbabwe and you know obviously you know india us and the uk for sure cuz you know because of my history in india and because of my current residence in the us and because radcliffe is is in the uk those are our top 3 countries but you know we've we're downloaded in many many countries and and that's i i, I don't take that lightly. I, I take that with a lot of responsibility. So my goal is to be the voice of the average listener and garner as much knowledge and information as I can from that 
successful guests that I have on the on the show so that people who are looking up to them or who want to emulate them can learn from them not only from their successes but also from their trials and tribulations and their failures because you know like there is no success story without failure right like success does not happen without failure so more so than sharing successes which you know you know we like all of us are great at doing that uh, i really want to focus on on failures and how because you know failures will teach you the the most uh, about yourself and about the world and about your true inner strengths so failure it's it's of i mean i'm i really want to like dissect failures when when i'm questioning guests and i really want to dissect uh you know times and points in their lives when they were confused and they were not quite sure which direction or which path to take because you know those are the kinds of moments that each one of us has in our and in each of our lives you know professional and personal but more so professional here because this is we're talking about professional development with with parallax so my hope is that i can continue to have an inquisitive mind and can continue to be the voice of the average listener and continue to get the content that the listenership uh, finds meaningful and purposeful and can implement those lessons in their lives to better their own you know that is my true aspiration quite frankly well dr kalara all i have to say is congratulations for everything you've accomplished and and all the good that you put out into the world dan and i frequently talk about how bewildering and motivating it is to see how you've um, you straddle all these different um, you know aspects of your life and these duties, these different things you're doing. And, and what I've come to realize is there's extraordinary consistency in um, all these different activities you're involved with. Um, there's consistency and, and they're synergistic with one another as a you know it's not that you're splitting your attention like they, um, inform one another, you know, so here in this conversation, we got to see how these perspectives you've written come from, you know, like, like, like this depths of, uh, who you are. And that comes out in how you've designed parallax and, you know, and the same sort of, um, authenticity and goodwill and karma, I can, I can attest, you know, comes out in your in-person interactions, you know, with myself and, and the rest of Cardi Nerds when we've had the pleasure of, you know, having you on, um, you know, sort of behind the scenes, uh, you know, you're, you're driven by scientific inquiry. You've, you're extraordinarily well published. And, and a lot of that clearly comes from your patient care and the results go back to your patient care, you know? So there's, you know, I'm starting to see how the wheels are turning, how it's not that you're involved with so many things. It's that there's this consistency that, um, drives everything, uh, together, you know, it's, it's sort of this, uh, uh, a tide that lifts all boats in your life. At least that's my perspective from outside in. So I just want to, again, congratulate you for, um, for doing everything so well and, um, you know, and, and putting out so much good karma. I've definitely been a benefactor as, as so many, uh, others have as well. Oh, thanks, Amit. This was great. Well, you, you, you're the first guest host of Parallax. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Uh, Dan has missed out. Uh, for the record, <laughs> so, um, I know, I know he's got major FOMO right now. He'll tell me that later. But, but I just want to say again, thank you so much, Dr. Kalra, for joining us here on Parallax today. 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast produced by Radcliffe Cardiology in association with makeadent.org. We aim to bring you a new angle of all things cardiology every second week. Review us on your favourite podcast app or send your comments or questions to podcast at ratcliffe-group.com. To view the series, head to radcliffecardiology.com forward slash podcasts forward slash parallax. Thanks for listening.